Hello, and thanks for downloading Hands On, a podcast that accompanies and discusses all the detail, nostalgia, and entirely possible events featuring in the new miniseries created by Peter Stray, Old Habits, The Rise of Hands. Hello, welcome to episode two of Hands On. I'm Peter Stray. I wrote and created Old Habits, The Rise of Hans, in which I also play Hans. This week, myself and Steve get back to talking about Shaken Stevens. I also um, give you some extra snippets from the interview with Dan Hawksford from last week because it pertains to episode two and our hometown of Swansea. back on uh, on hands on with uh, the incomparable Steve Dennis the man who's already watched die hard once probably the least qualified person to be on this podcast but the, but I'm here nonetheless I made an exhaustive list of co-hosts and um, luckily he was available so <laughs> so now episode 2 has come out um, and yes. to uh, recap we've had um, hans um, get the better of his superior Erica Reinhardt she thought she was uh, planning an assassination on Hans but actually he had already talked to Fritz the long-haired member of the terrorist team you remember from the film itself the other the other bodyguard Lars wasn't so lucky um, along with Erica one thing one thing in the series Steve I don't know if you've spotted this but generally if there's a character whose name you don't recognize from Die Hard it might be that they will die harder than other characters because they'll die earlier <laughs> well there's certainly a lot more action and, and gunfire and um and stuff in uh, in, in in this episode which uh, um as i said to you I, I i was listening on the way to work this morning and the way back from the um from work uh, this evening um in, in the car which uh, which worked quite well i thought um well the, a lot of car chases did w- did you find it was it okay to drive given that you were sort of listening to a car chase uh, yes, it, well, yeah, there was screeching of tyres at times. There was the, uh, the the South Wales Police made a made a, a brief appearance. Of course, as I said, a lot of gunfire as well, which uh, yeah, make, makes for an interesting journey in the morning. Actually, the the sort of shooting of the tyres and the chase down the M4 were last minute additions. The the episode was running a bit short, and so you know, last week I thought, oh, how about this? And the the wonderful advantage of of doing a podcast radio play is you can say, how about this? Get a bunch of sound effects uh, from from uh, YouTube and uh and then record me saying shoot that lorry um you know it's a lot easier than if it was a, a film well, there was a couple of good laughs in that um um episode two as well um uh, with the uh with the change of names to uh, uh to richard and <laughs> sounds like a dick and uh, you know ah, well do you know do you know that is taken from the film for eagle-eyed die hard geeks is that when bruce willis has uh, fallen down the stairwell with uh, tony and cracked his neck um although according to dan hawksford from last week's episode if you remember um, oh he, yeah he has the theory that he's just uh, unconscious <laughs> <laughs> never seen a man vie to be in the sequel so hard um uh, vie hard but um, uh, when Bruce Willis checks the ID, um, there's a California driver's license, and 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 it's it says Richard G. Amson on the license. If you if you pause it in the actual film, so that's, oh, right. that's taken from the actual film. Lots of little geeky details that I've taken from the film itself. 
as well as reference to other Rickman films. That's the level of geekery you're dealing with, Steve. Uh, well, exactly. For, for a man who... How, how many times have you seen Die Hard, do you reckon? Maybe it's into to triple figures at this point. I don't know. No! I don't, maybe not triple figures. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I feel like over the course of a life, you know, you need to spend time with your kids, you need to do all sorts of... You need to look at sunsets and you need to watch Die Hard at least 50 times. <laughs> last week we got into detail about our hometown of Swansea and uh, infamous in Swansea nightclub Cinderella's which Hans and co find themselves outside of that part of the episode wouldn't have made as much sense last week so we're popping it in this week obviously our Swansea connection has has led you to the point of um somehow crowbarring Cinderella's nightclub down in Mumbles uh (laughs) <laughs> into the into the story which which i i love <laughs> as com- as completely bonkers as it is i did sort of try and go from a logical point of view though and the geography helps like i did you know uh, the great thing about google is you can go on and you can actually look at maps and stuff so if, if someone's fleeing berlin and they're like oh my god how do i get out of the country and they know that maybe the volksfrei has connections you know within the police you know they have moles you know and, and airport security how do you get out to know that you you definitely you know in the 80s as well you so you don't have facial recognition software and stuff like that but you you do need to sort of escape ah, yeah, of so course. so we're in the 80s you know you want to escape berlin so i figured they would they would jump in a truck to bremen on the coast and then they would get yeah. you know some sort of boat now um on the boat as we we hear in in this episode they get sort of strong-armed by pirates of course these pirates picked on the wrong passengers and um you know hans and carl and tony make sort of short work of them really um including tony um vomiting on one of them because he's seasick uh but then you know they're worried that the the boat pilot might have radioed ahead to where they were going to dock on the the um the east coast of the uk on the english coast so then they think right we've got to divert so they they go round the other side of the uk to the welsh coast which would lead them to Swansea. So, you know, this is all kind of like engineering of how do I get Hans Gruber in my little (laughs) Welsh town that I grew up in? (laughs) Here's some more of my interview with Dan Hawksford. What what can you tell people about growing up in Swansea? Because obviously Hans Hans and and Carl and co all like end up in uh, in Wales, in Swansea. What can I tell about Swansea? I mean, <clears throat> for me, growing up in Swansea, all my memories are pretty happy memories, I think. I think it's a lovely, um, lovely city with lovely beaches. It's a bit different now. I think the, the centre of Swansea, um, most of the stuff has moved out, out of the, the centre of town. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know like your normal city town lovely parks very friendly people one of the biggest um indoor markets in wales where you can get your cockles and lava bread and there's you know kind of fishmongers there greengrocers ironmongers um mcdonald's burger king hans hans and co end up outside a nightclub in the 80s um which is right on the pier um, in Swansea called Cinderella's. Uh, so what now Cinderella's no longer exists. In fact, it even burnt down a couple months ago. Oh, did it? I didn't know that. 
what can you t- what, do you have any memories of uh, Cinderella? You had to do the Mumbles Mile before you got there. Or you'd have to, there's, there was a whole mile long of pubs along the Mumbles. Times have been the Cinders. Well, yeah, I mean, th- th- this was the thing, uh, listeners, is that, that this club Cinderella's <laughs> Hans and team find themselves outside uh, was uh, nicknamed by certainly people that I knew was nicknamed Cindergarten because it had a it had a big sign on the on the wall saying um, strictly over 18s but the the opposite was true really it was almost like strictly under 18s <laughs> i just thought if there's any kind of scenario uh that i would want to see i realized while i was writing this and thinking okay i can do anything i want with these characters um it's the first time i've written a podcast radio play so i thought oh I, i've got like a, a billion dollar budget for the the imagination because it's just sound so what? Yeah. Where would I want them to go? I'd want them to. I want Hans to be outside Cinders. But I love it. I love it. I think it's great. Uh, and actually, I don't know if you know this, but I've given both your brothers little cameos in the uh, the podcast in the oh, play, in the podcast play. Yeah. Are you allowed to tell me what they're playing? Uh, yeah, to- Tom's playing a Welsh dock worker. Ben, I just had do- him doing like towny sound effects. So when when uh, Hans that uh, they're outside Cinders, he's like, "Oh, fuck about the zoo boy," and you sort of hear hear him through the wall. Actually, I saw um, one of the first productions I ever saw was uh, The Sea uh, in the Taliesin, the Edward Bond play. And um, your brother, Tom, who didn't follow us into acting, he decided to be be boring and normal and be, be, a, be a doctor. Um, but he said, you know, you should come and see The Sea. I've got a really important guy. <laughs> and then he's not he's not in act one and then there's this guy looking for his his friend colin that he was worried he was drowned and i was like oh god i know who tom's playing then he shows up in act two as a court he's just like <laughs> dead on the stage for the whole like almost the whole of act two very good though very convincing corpse i do have some bad news for you though steve oh. um I'm afraid, I, 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 well, both of us at this point have Googled Shaken Stevens, and he's uh, not quite the international success that you thought he might be. I, um, I, no. Very big in the UK, like you said. Um, also, I believe, uh, a hit in South Africa and the Australias. Yes. But the Americans have, have sadly never heard of him. So, Well, um, and And their loss. Well, yeah, I mean... But I mean, just... Should should your podcast and miniseries, Pete, become a huge success? Who knows? It might be, you know, enough to to launch Shaken Stevens into America for any of your American listeners. Who who, who knows? I I think probably not. But 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 you never know. Well, you know when they um, it's funny because it was after uh, we had the last podcast chat that I was mixing the car chase scene. Yeah. Um, and you know they jump in the car, they go along the motorway, they turn the radio on again. The, the radio just naturally it's the, comes it's on. It's cry just a little bit. Yeah. That's right. I figured if you're gonna have a chase scene and shoot an Eddie Stobart lorry, so it <laughs> crashes into the police. <laughs> That's it. You I just thought let's get Steven. totally British with just references that maybe only the Brits will get. You know, sorry everybody else. You know, it's like shaking Stevens. There's an Eddie Stobart lorry. Tony, wind down the window, shoot behind us at the police. Carl, shoot at that truck. The one that says Eddie Stobart on the side. Which for international listeners is is sort of this classic, you know, like there used to be 
road journeys with families all over the UK where the whole game was, can you spot an Eddie Stobart lorry? Who's the first? Why? I don't know. And it's just a large truck with Eddie Stobart written on the side in red letters. Did you you used to have to punch somebody, didn't you? Or was that what... Did you? Yeah, that's what, well, there was a, there were a friend at university. Maybe in your that. family. We, we saw Eddie Stobart, Laurie. It was Eddie Stobart and he got a punch in the arm. That just sounds like it was made up by a sociopath you went could to university be. with. Uh, it could be. Yeah. could be quite possible. Plus, next week I start a job as a limo driver. Then we can travel in style, you know? Yes, we would so much like to ride with you again. Here's your hotel and my number. Call me, okay? I know all the joints. The joints? The clubs. The the limo driver. Yes, yeah. except he's a taxi driver at the time. Yeah, I thought, he, is. he is, but he, he's, he wants to take them to, to a couple of joints. He does, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I felt like this character was a bit of a hustler, but he does say in the film, I used to drive a cab, you know, and, and he also says, this is my first time driving a limo. In the film. So much of these things I'm coming for, you know, it's not just fan service, as I said last time. This really is organically being taken from the film. So Argyle says, um, it's my first time driving a limo. I used to drive a cab. So it would make sense that he could be a cab driver that picked up Hans, Carl and Tony from LAX. You've really, you've really got to know the film in some intricate detail, haven't you, to... to... To, to have done what you've what you've done with this this mini series, I I think I mean I mean I am one of an embarrassing amount of people who can probably quote this film backwards. It's it's uh, and 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 you know again like all geekery, it's not even something I sort of studied for. It's not like there was going to be some exam and you have to sort of cram and learn these things. It's just something you naturally learn over time because it's so enjoyable. <laughs> Here's an extra bonus for you. My cousin Will Brooker and Steve Dennis, my co-host, recorded some sections for radio to be heard in the background in the series itself. But here's the radio broadcast with Steve as a cheesy 80s DJ and my cousin Will as John Armand. Yes, welcome back. Our big topic for conversation today is are sensitive men a big turn-off? On the line, we've got uh, John Almond from Chelmsford. John, are sensitive men a big turn-off? <laughs> All right. and not for me personally, I, I should say, because I happen to be of the strictly heterosexual persuasion. Uh, but girls, women, uh, ladies, I'm afraid they do seem to be... And I say this, and I say this as a sensitive man myself. I can't even drink six pints a night anymore without getting an upset tummy. Uh, let, let me illustrate what I'm saying. The other day, I, I met a lady, a girl strictly of age, uh, at least sixteen, in the local supermarket. I hit it off. I invited her for dinner at the Almond residence. Uh, my mother and brother had been instructed to go to the cinema. Duly paid off. I moved any mucky stuff like tissues, mags, socks to my brother's bedroom, out of my own. I'd even taken down my framed picture of Danny Minogue in all her tastefully nude glory. Sorry, Danny. (laughs) I carefully washed, dried and moisturised all my bits and pieces with my mother's finest M&S toiletry and perfumery. (laughs) I selected clean trousers and T-shirt from the laundry and prepared a repast of pasta and cheese served with a fizzy cider. 
And she didn't show up. No more sensitive man for John Armand. We've still got loads to come today, uh, including a man who fears Teddy Ruxpin is having a negative effect on our kids. I do hope you'll follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Rise of Hans. Episode 3 of Old Habits, The Rise of Hans, is going to be out on Monday, where we're going to spend some more time with sleazy legend Ellis, who was discovered just at the end of episode 2, and Hans is going to meet Theo. 